Amen. Okay, friends, this is the message portion of the morning. This is when we open the scriptures and read and interpret what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. So if you have your Bible, open it up to the book of Habakkuk. I know we don't read from the prophet Habakkuk very often, but during Advent, we're reading the words of the prophets and getting ready for the coming of the Messiah. So today we're in Habakkuk chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. How long, Lord? Must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. May God add his blessing to the reading and the understanding and the doing of his word. Friends, welcome to the first Sunday of Advent. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Do you agree? Some of you do. Okay, cool, yeah. And even if it's not the most wonderful, it's still pretty cool, isn't it? This is great. This is Advent, and the word Advent means coming. So the church's season, the celebration is about the coming of Jesus Christ into the world on Christmas. Now, this is where we get the idea of Advent calendars, right? To tick off the days until Christmas, until Jesus is here. And so in that same spirit of getting ready of the coming of Christ, we are reading during Advent uh, the prophets, the, the prophecy of those who came during the Old Testament time and looked ahead into the coming of the Messiah. So this year we are going to count down to Christmas, uh, reading from the Old Testament prophets and and watching some of our favorite Christmas movies. So each Sunday during Advent, you're going to get a little taste, a little Christmas movie clip. Hopefully your favorites, definitely my favorites. I had to, I had to pick something, so I picked my favorites. Uh, So you're going to get clips eventually from Elf, from How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and from It's a Wonderful Life, and also Charlie Brown Christmas Special, which is really good. And today, uh, clips from a movie called A Christmas Story. Anybody fans of A Christmas Story? Any fans? Oh, yes, good. Anybody else try to watch it 24 hours in a row on TVS? (laughs) Yeah, me too. Okay, so uh, I love this movie, partly because it's nostalgic, right? It gives you that sort of warm fuzzy about Christmases from our childhood, but also because it's different. I was thinking about, like, what makes this movie special? And the answer is, it's not special. Nothing extraordinary happens. So think about other Christmas movies. Okay, in Home Alone, a kid defends his house against two robbers. And at Polar Express, there's a magical train ride. And Christmas Vacation, there's 25,000 twinkle lights on the Griswold house. And Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer has to save Christmas. But in the movie A Christmas Story, nothing extraordinary happens. It's just regular. It's just real life, ordinary life. And and that's the charm, I think, of the movie. So in the first scene, I'm going to show you the main character, Ralphie. He is dreaming of what he wants for Christmas, which is a Red Ryder carbine action 200-shot range model air rifle with compass in the stock. Right? He's just got to have it, and everyone tells him. What do they tell him? You'll shoot your eye out. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Okay. Um, so he wants that. And then, and then uh, his little brother, Randy, is having trouble with the snowsuit. Okay? And then finally, in the last part of this first scene, his friend Flick does not believe that his tongue will stick to the flagpole. So give attention to this. Oh, there 
bargain is. The holy grail of Christmas gifts. The Red Rider 200 shot range model air rifle. Okay, don't try that at home. Your tongue really will stick, actually. So I think the charm of the story is the characters are very human. They're ordinary. They remind us of ourselves. Uh, and just like them, our life is normal with a little bit of crazy sprinkled in once in a while. And life is mostly small defeats and small victories. Life is mostly joy with some pain, you know, especially when things don't go the way we want it to in life. Okay, in the next scene, uh, Ralphie and his little brother visit Santa at the mall, and there's a long wait, of course, and he remembers, barely he remembers to ask for the coveted air rifle, Uh, but then on Christmas morning, when Christmas morning finally comes, you know, that's not what he opens in terms of the gifts under the tree. Instead, he opens something terrible from Aunt Clara. Check this out. Yeah, uh, Santa. Ralphie? Look over there. See, the line's not so long. You can go get in it. Young man. Hey, kid. Just where do you think you're going? Going up to see Santa. The line ends here. It begins there. What do you want for Christmas, little boy? No, no, I want an official red under cover and I should do it again with my lay rifle. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, my, isn't that pretty? That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> All right, you two, upstairs. Come on, come on. Come on. on the double, on the double. Hip, hip, hip. Brandy, Brandy, come on. Get up, Brandy. What did Aunt Clara give you? Show everybody. I don't want to. 
Oh, isn't that sweet? Ralph, go upstairs and try it on. I don't want to. Go upstairs right now and try on that present. She went to all that trouble to make it. Now go on. Ralphie, we're waiting. Oh, come on, Mom. Right now. Immediately, my feet began to sweat as those two fluffy little bunnies with the blue button eyes stared sappily up at me. That is the most precious thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he looks like a deranged Easter bunny. <laughs> uh, life's hard, right? Sometimes you get dressed up and you look like a deranged Easter bunny. And your day just doesn't go the way you want it to. You know what I've noticed, though? As you get older, you know, the, the cruel joke of reality is the same stuff happens, only with more at stake. And so bad stuff happens when you're an adult, and it's like, oh, my kid is sick, and I'm really worried about it, or I might lose my job, or there's this con- conflict in my family that won't go away. And sometimes, I think worst of all, you know, is the problems that we make ourselves, the problems that we ourselves have caused. Okay, so last scene I want to show you. Um, they're on the way home with the Christmas tree that they bought, and Ralph is helping his dad change the tire. And uh, he's holding, his job is to hold the lug nuts. But um, things go from bad to worse in this scene. All right, so check this out. Yeah, well, how much? I'll knock off two bucks because I can see you're a man who knows his trees. This isn't one of those trees that all the needles falls off, is it? No, that's some balsams. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Ralphie, yes? why don't you go help your father? Really? Can I? Yeah. What are you doing here? M- M- Mom said that I should help. Oh, oh yeah? Yeah. Okay, sit down here. Squat down. Bling, bling, bang, bang. There we go. Oh, for one brief moment, I saw all the bolts silhouetted against the lights of the traffic, and then they were gone. Oh. Fudge. Only I didn't say fudge. I said the word. The big one. The queen mother of dirty words. The F dash 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 word. What did you say? Uh, uh that's what I thought you said. You know what your son just said? No. What? I'll tell you what he said. Ready? <laughs> Only I didn't say fudge. <laughs> so this, friends, this is the world into which the Messiah comes. The, the regular, ordinary world, the world of work and school and play, the world of marriage and of divorce, the world of sweet babies and of aging parents, the world of Christmas shopping and basketball games and bad Wi-Fi, the world of politics and of Sunday afternoon naps and of eating too much pie on Thanksgiving at grandma's house. And standing in the midst of what is regular and ordinary and commonplace, he says to us, I've come all the way from heaven to show you how much I love you. That's what the Messiah says to us. And that's the good news. But you know what's even better than that? Because he comes into our mess. He comes into the disappointments of life and into the setbacks and the frustrations and the aggravations and even the things that feel like threats. But you know what's even better than that? 
Because the Messiah comes into the world, into the mess that we have caused, and into the midst of our sin against God and against our neighbors. And the Messiah says, I forgive you. I forgive you. Yes, it's your fault, but I forgive you. This is the world into which the prophets cried out for God to intervene. And Habakkuk said, how long, Lord, must I cry for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked, him and the righteous, so that justice is perverted. You ever feel like that? Like, how come the bad guys win? How come justice is perverted? You know, justice is perverted when the schoolyard bully beats up all all the other kids, right? When the neighbor's dog sneaks into your house and eats your Christmas turkey, right? When you have to wear those awful pajamas that Aunt Claire made that clearly they were supposed to be for someone else. How long, O Lord, must we cry out, for help. To the prophets, you know, at that time it felt like maybe God has forgotten us. Maybe God has forgotten us and so we will cry out because there's violence and there's destruction and there's conflict in the world and in our lives and in my own heart. God, please come and help. You know, the, the wicked are winning, but the righteous are losing. What's going on? Lord, we need you. And in the mystery of God's grace, the same prophets who cried out for God to help are the ones who heard the whisper, the whisper of the promise of God for God's people, that God has heard their cries, that things will get better because the Messiah is coming into the world. And so the prophet Micah said, but you, O Bethlehem, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me. One who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. In the fullness of time, the Messiah will come into the world. And he will come from, out from, a seemingly insignificant place. This little sleepy hamlet called Bethlehem. It's a regular kind of place. It's just a, just a simple little village. But even though he will come out of there, Micah tells us pretty clearly uh, he is not from there. He's not from Bethlehem. He'll be born in Bethlehem. But he is from of old. He is from ancient days. You see, this one is born in Bethlehem, but he is not created in Bethlehem. He is uncreated because he is the everlasting Lord. It turns out that this is not any ordinary Messiah who was born on Christmas. This is Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. So we're reminded, friends, that Advent is such an important time because the rest of the world around us is running around screaming like chicken with their head cut off saying, it's Christmas, Christmas is here. And they've been saying it since about October 30th or 31st, right? But we, the church... We, the church, say, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yes, he's coming. He's not here yet, but he's coming. And you know what? He's worth waiting for. He is worth waiting for. Now, I know that waiting is hard, right? Is waiting hard? Say amen. Waiting is hard. Waiting is hard. When you are waiting for someone you love to get better who's been sick, 
That is hard. When you are waiting for someone to come home who's been gone for a long time, that's hard. When you see the the conflict in your own life and in your own heart and you say, Lord, can it just get better? Waiting for that to get better is hard, okay? But we're called to wait, but not by ourselves because Jesus says, I'll wait with you and I will give you what you need during the waiting, okay? So it's not just, oh, go over in the corner and be by yourself and keep it to yourself. No, no, no. It's wait with me, watch and wait and see what God will do. And in the meantime, I'll feed you. I'll give you strength and patience so that you can wait in the way that God wants you to wait.